Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Open Africa podcast. Um, we're recording, disclaimer, we're recording remotely today. Um, and on this episode, it's just the Open Africa team. So Furo, um, Rosa, and Laulu. Hello. Hello, everyone. All right. So let's get into it. Um, so today we'll be reviewing the summer 2021 class um, for Y Combinator, focusing mainly on just the African startups that we think are doing interesting stuff. And then we'll touch a bit on, you know, the regulation, regulatory activities around, you know, Rise Bamboo and the rest of the investment um, ecosystem as well. And then finally, we'll speak about OPE and their recent raids. So, YC class of 2021. Um, uh, I think we can start with Fingo, right? So they are a digital bank out of Kenya. Um, they say that they're the bank for the youth. Their tagline is they have fixed banking. Um, and yeah, what are thoughts? No, sir, Lusa you had some comments earlier. Lusa said, <laughs> Lusa said they are a big clone, and I wept. They said they fixed Yeah, them. I think uh, statistically, there's a lot that I see. I don't know who came before who, so let me never say they're a big clone, but statistically, there's a lot that is a beggish about them. Uh, I mean, maybe not the design itself, but the entire like brand. The approach, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, the I entire mean, approach, I... the emojis, all that stuff. Very heavy on our bag. Could it just be that the target market that is what speaks to them? Or whoever they think they're targeting? I mean, it's them. possible. The target markets it's are possible. probably the same, yeah. I think this is what building for Gen Z's is going to look like going forward. Yeah. And these are like, we're only in the early days. Um, yeah, that's my own yeah, because I Because I chat with my little cousins and sometimes the emojis they sent me, I was like, what's all this? What's going on here? And bear in mind that Furu is not that old and she's <laughs> losing touch this rapidly. We're all in trouble. Yeah, but yeah, I think interesting times ahead. Um, it would be interesting to see how their journey evolves. Um, right now, it looks like they're offering like just your typical banking services, so an account that you can send and receive money in. You can you have some savings plans, and then you can pay your basic bills. I don't see anything around like investments or cards or any of the other stuff. I doubt they'll do cards. It's, it's, they don't, cards are not really big in Kenya, to be fair. So there's no need to waste yeah. money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Another one that I thought was really interesting is Infuse Health. They're Nigerian. And what they do is basically connect like researchers to Africans that want to do clinical study or that want to participate in clinical study. 
because this I thought it was really interesting because I remember in college one quick way to make money was doing all these like studies for like medical research and you get like it's interesting someone has made a startup out of this in Nigeria actually yeah I think it's interesting because like like a lot of the how do I put it the data that is required to like I guess design drugs that are for our um let's say genes in particular does not exist like widely do you get what I mean so there's definitely like a need um and I guess they tapped into that space and I think it's even more interesting that we're starting to see a lot of movement in um like health tech um yeah health te- health tech really because yeah most of capital has been flowing into fintech um so it's interesting to see that um other sectors are starting to pick up and in particular like health yeah um i think all of them are starting to solve for the bias problem um in in medicine um lots of studies are skewed towards you know white people even training in schools in medical school like it teaches people how to identify stuff um that may not necessarily present itself the same way when you look at it like in a person of color and like this is a real issue that you know people have come forward to really talk about so just giving researchers access to, you know, um, a large pool of of Africans. I don't think anyone is, anyone, any researcher has any excuse now, because I know they are not the only ones that are providing the access. I think you talked about, is it 54 gene and Helium Health as well, one way or the other, just providing access to data for Africans. So anybody who is still going around just stinking up the whole place, I'm not sure (laughs) they have any excuse. It will take time, obviously, I think. It won't be, the effects will not be felt like immediately, but I mean, it sounds like progress, like we're making progress in that front. Also, I'm available to partake in that research if you are paying dollars. As long yeah, as I don't, don't know cuts me up. I don't, I don't know why you guys are looking at it from like buyer side of things. Maybe I'm looking at it from money side. <laughs> a lot of these researchers have big grants and looking for people to participate in their study. In my mind, mm. Infuse is the middleman and is basically collecting dollars and probably finding Nigerians and giving them 55k to take trials. I mean, that's how I would want it if I was the one shot. But I thought it was very interesting. Yeah. All right, um, next we have suppliers. Um, so they are providing like a, like let's say e-commerce, but for like retail stores, if that makes sense. So they help you maintain your stock um, in your stores. Um, and it appears like obviously there's a trend of these companies sort of on the rise. So we have suppliers we have alerzo and i believe we have sabi as well in this space sort of helping people or helping smaller retailers access products at decent prices um and then 
some of them are offering logistics and all of that as well or connecting with logistic partners um yeah it's a pretty interesting space because i think that's where a lot of money flows in nigeria especially nigeria speaking of nigeria because most people just have enough money for their basic needs and those basic needs are fulfilled from these you know this value chain so there's a lot of money here <laughs> um, yeah i have yeah. A, i have a question um because i'm not even going to pretend like i have full understanding of that space but is distribution really the problem the challenge or, yes is it really the problem because if you talk to the average and i know this because there were some projects that i worked on um a couple of years ago now if you talk to the brands at least for fmcgs um those guys um that make all these consumer goods they many of them don't seem to have issues with their route to market right so they have a route to market structure that is tailored for them hardly would you find two people operating the exact same model so that route to market system is tailored to them right um, and they have distributors sub distributors bulk breakers all of that so when these guys come out um these startups are they choosing to play as are they playing as like one of their distributors um or is it like there's a real distribution challenge that they that they are solving or are they just another distributor for these fmcgs so they're solving for the retailers not the fmcgs so the fmcgs have defined how they want to deal with the market but i think what you'll find is that for the retailers it might not exactly suit their business do you get what I mean? Their own business needs. So they've typically had to just, the FMCGs dictate, and then everybody just sort of aligns. But then these guys, suppliers and the rest, what they're now doing is they're sort of putting a bit more power in the hands of the retailers in the sense of, you only buy what you need, right? You don't have to start buying a whole, you don't have to buy whatever the minimum order quantity is from the FMCG, right? You buy what is like, what you can store comfortably, what you know you will sell in that month or in that whatever period you want to store things for right um so then you're basically running a more efficient business that's the way i see it right um they're not necessarily some for the fmcg so from fmcg point of view some of them have relationships with the fmcg some of them just um have relationship with maybe the major distributors of the fmcgs because they know that if they try to work with the fmcgs fmcg will try to make them sort of fit into their not necessarily not necessarily and the reason why those fmcgs have road to markets is so that they can account for the different kinds of people that sell their products for example that minimum order um quantity that you spoke about <clears throat> excuse me it might probably be a requirement for like their big distributors right and maybe the sub distributors to those guys um but it's a funnel so to speak where the, the bigger companies work with them directly, at least for some people, the bigger companies work with them directly. Um, and then, you know, as you head down the funnel, there are fewer and fewer requirements. Um, what I've seen is that, again, with these um, consumer sector companies, they are also not as arrogant to their customers as you think, because the sheer number of alternatives that exist in their space 
man it's it's ridiculous so i know a couple of them that didn't even want to um was it pricing that they didn't want to change or or they didn't want to they used to sell on credit to some people and they didn't want to stop selling on credit even though it was hurting their balance sheets just because there was a concern that our distributors and our wholesalers and our retailers will simply just turn to a competing product you know so i'm not sure that they are they are stringent like that or they are wicked like that to to the retailers maybe there is some value in 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 the convenience of just you know being able to receive your goods on demand and whatnot but as far as i know that's something that it's if it's a phone call to your distributor as a retailer or as a wholesaler it's a phone call away but again, like I said, I don't have full context of this industry. So, and for them to be raising capital, there's probably something I'm not taking into account. Maybe the main selling point is the convenience. All right. Moving on. Um, we have Meko Autotech. So yeah. Meko Autotech, they're solving a problem that we all have. Um, so giving you access to experienced mechanics on the on your on an app so you can schedule your vehicle maintenance repairs inspections etc etc um are they solving a problem yes do i think that they are in a very very precarious position yes because i've seen i mean over the years i've come across a lot of people that have tried to solve the same problem and the underlying issue just remains the technical hands that you need to deliver the service so the mechanics and the technicians that you need they are yeah they're the, like there's no escaping the need for those humans <laughs> and they're not necessarily the most reliable set of people um but yeah it's definitely a need my my own my my own only concern is just what makes them a bit different from all the others that have tried before uh, I don't know, sure, but I hope they succeed because I really, this is like a business <laughs> that I would love. I don't like having, like having a relationship with mechanics, man. I feel like I, I change mechanics so much because after a while, I feel like the guy starts judging me. I don't like speaking to guys. That's, I think that's the one thing is we don't have enough services where I can just go on an app and request. Like I don't want to like, call somebody and speak. Yeah, I mean, the, the challenge is just like, yes, I mean, I, I fully get you. I think the challenge we have is not necessarily that um, people can't build apps for these services, is that if you build the app for this service, <clears throat> what guarantee do you have that you can find enough quality hands to put on your app in terms of people that actually deliver the service? You get what I mean? Because for as long as you put your name out there and say that you're the one providing this service, even if it's not, how do I put it? People will, whatever experience people have with those technicians, right? It will rub off on your brand, good or bad, right? So then how do you solve for, you know, ensuring that whenever somebody comes to your app and requests for a service, they get the right, the, the same quality of service across board, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a tricky one. Yeah. I think it's the same thing with like you know how you, sorry, you know how you have mm-hmm. I'm surprised like Eliza Day or one of those guys 
like their children hasn't like tried to like take up their just their business because that business is not for <laughs> is not a mass market business eliza day's yeah, apart from have apart you said this car with like, eliza day before <laughs> or costaris the thing is like even apart from that right most of these people of that generation the way they run their businesses i'm not sure that they let their children in that easily so because it'd be really nice to have like an app where i can request for a massage and i don't have to start send putting out something on instagram like hey please recommend people that can come and do home massage or i don't know home services or whatever for like yeah self-care it's it would be nice the challenge is again similar to this mechanic thing the access to skilled hands that won't go and disgrace you and it's um i think that's it for the yc class um but yeah i mean uh, saying that obviously i wish them all the best <laughs> i'm not saying it's all doom and boom but yeah apparently this is like the largest african contingent for yc I guess it's a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, if at the risk of sounding like one of those eternal optimists, I think the future is actually pretty bright. Because um, more publicity, more capital, it can only be good for for most people. So, yeah. And if anything that's moving. That's moving Nigerian startups away from Nigerian funding. I'm all I'm in support of. Because as soon as you enter YC, like your your perspective or your scope changes, your valuation changes, everything. Alrighty. Now to regulatory, like the regulatory issues. <laughs> um, so CBN recently came out with some news that they had blocked or and um, frozen accounts for Rise, um, Bamboo, and I believe a couple of others, um, saying that they're investigating their companies um, in relation to, I think, foreign exchange use, right? Um, yeah. I, yeah. It's obviously sent, would I say, not so great energy into the ecosystem because you know you're trying to build a business and you wake up in the morning and your regulator has essentially shut shut you down pretty much right or at least try to strangle your ability to deliver service to your clients um and put your brand essentially at risk because Customers will try to be understanding that yes, okay, CBN came out overnight and put and stated, you know, and put this block on your accounts, but then then customers can only be so understanding. Um yeah, I don't know. Thoughts from you guys. So the problem here, okay, so CBN, you know that 41, is it 42 brand item list? 41. One unnoticed that one unnoticed item is international bonds and securities i.e investments outside nigeria you cannot use cbn's fx to partake in that and the way cbn sees it is they've given money to bdc's bdc's are selling money to everybody and anybody 
and because ideally or in, in in the real scenarios whenever you're getting dollar in nigeria you need to have you either have to be paying for a good or a service uh, uh or like or you're like you're importing something like you have to have a specific reason for why you need that dollar now for bdc's it's a lot of the dollars given to them in on the premises on the premises that they are selling like PTA and all that kind of stuff for people that want to travel. So when even buying black market and going to Malam to buy dollar, that's technically illegal. So what the CBI is just trying to make, is just trying to punish a certain group of people and make like scapegoats and saying, you cannot use my dollar for things that I don't approve of. Or things I don't want you to use my dollar for. Like it has to be essential items that you're using my dollar for. And that's where Rise and Chaka and them apparently fall afoul of CBN's ruling. You know, the interesting thing in all of this is that in a sane society, the CBN would have no business with this thing that, that, that they are chasing. Because really, what is the work of the central bank, if not monetary policy, fight inflation, battle just keep the the currency behaving itself and then sec would be the one invested in you know ensuring that the people providing investment opportunities to citizens are doing the right thing and they are going concerns and they are following best practices and all of that but this country is truly the upside down and we've gotten to the point where the apex bank is doing giveaway on social media it's it's quite frustrating um and the confusion around that 41 items is actually them that caused that thing because i remember that when when it first came out too many compliance people were misinterpreting it to say and it was even almost affecting trade where someone would present um a performer invoice for items he wants to import, you'll say, oh, it's part of the 41 items. And they will tell you that these items are not banned. The regulator has just said, don't source CBN FX for them. So when the CBN is doing bids for forward contracts for FX, all you have to do is not present it. This guy has gone to source FX from wherever. He has funded his dumb account. Open the bloody letter of credit and ship the thing so i'm not surprised that how many years later is still causing confusion and the cbn themselves can't recognize that these people are not sourcing fx from you directly if your agents in this case the bdc's have sold to them and this is a hypothetical because i don't know if those guys were buying directly from bdc's like that then you should take it up with the BDCs and not the person that you know that went to source FX. Plus, if they source states from inflows, people from the diaspora sending in inflow, you shouldn't even be looking at them. Like they shouldn't even register on on your books. You will leave that sort of thing to sec to ensure that okay, well, these guys are providing investment opportunities. Are they doing the right thing? And if you look at SEC, SEC has done the work. They've given them digital subbroker license. They've done engagements with them. They are, you know, on talking terms with these businesses. 
the entire thing is just a mess, if you ask me. So you think, you see the problem is that it's not like CBN is saying what they're doing is illegal. Uh, it's just like, they're just saying you cannot use my FX to do this thing. Now, where it becomes tricky is how does CBN identify FX that came from them and FX that came from outside? Like say rice, for instance, what if rice had an international position for running the streets? I was just holding Naira. Like, how do you know? I mean, to some degree, I guess they can tell, but I, I don't know. It just very becomes very tricky. Which dollar is CBN's dollar? Which dollar is not CBN's dollar? Because you, you cannot ask... conflate and say all the dollar is my own. Yeah, agreed. And I think that's why they went to go and start looking at account statements. But again, my position is, even if, let's say I'm CBN now, and I give you, Losa, a BDC, USD, if you turn around and break the law and sell it to Furo, who is maybe a rise, I can't go after rise and say that, oh, rise did this, or rise did that. And I may be wrong. Maybe a lawyer needs to, to explain this to me but the way i see it my business should be with you the person that broke the established um rules that i set so yeah it's, it's very i don't know if it's tricky or if it's just see the yeah, point is we're poor. we're poor as a country right and we don't have enough ethics as a country our reserves are drying up <laughs> and so now the cbn is in a race to just yeah maintain the reserves i think i don't know if they're actually doing that um and like re- realistically i'm just gonna say they should be able to regulate the bdc's but the reality is if you look deep down who owns all the bdc's right they should be able the same way they harass banks and put all these stringent conditions around banks and if banks were doing the same thing that bdc's were doing banks would be fined banks would be you get what i mean you wouldn't just ban all banks right so the question is why are they not able to regulate the bdc's why <laughs> that's the, that's the Bro, that place why. Are going to, to... i've come down from the bus I just asked a question. I didn't say anything. I asked why. Why are they not able to regulate the BDCs? That's really the real question. Because if they're able to regulate the BDCs, then it means that you'll be able to tell the difference between FX sources from BDCs and FX source from other sources, right? You'll be able to tell the difference. Yeah, you'll be able to tell the you'll be able to tell the difference between BDCs just using one person's passport to do to allocate all the effects they have versus um them actually selling to real people that are really traveling or really you know you, you get what i mean like so why why haven't they built out processes to essentially put the bdc's in check and then now they just essentially passed all the responsibility to banks um which is i guess is the easy way out right banks are already you know they already know yeah so Loki banks are also I mean, yeah. in this economy, but because most of them their hands are not clean, I don't I don't feel I don't feel sorry for them. I don't feel anything towards them. But to be fair, sometimes yeah, they, they, can't, they, can't they are victims too. But 
anyway, Sha. I guess it balances out. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a very weird dynamic, man. Like the fact that dollar is such a political thing in this country is it's the most hilarious thing. But I get it. I get it. I get it. I either way for, for guess for startups, it's just whatever it is you are doing, Sha. If there's dollar involved, sometimes it doesn't worth it, man. It doesn't do worth it. That's what I can say. Wishing them all the best um, as they navigate this situation with CPN. Um, <laughs> yeah. And finally, OPE. So OPE is just um, OPE. Allow me to speak about OPE. No comments because what else can be said? I'm sure Nusa has. Yeah. You know they raised this money a long time ago. They are just announcing it now. Whether they raised it two months ago, eh, Dosa, or yesterday, that money is plenty. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's plenty, but it's 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 the size of the business or the potential of the business that's there. Like when you break it down, Ope is Kuda plus. Uh, Money point team up, money point plus Gokada uh, to some degree, to, uh, or Kudi. There are like three unicorns or four unicorns inside OP. There's even like a baby pay stack inside. Like it's a it's a massive business, and I've seen all the comments man on valuation. It's not worth the money. Blah 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 blah. Is so the thing is for me is GTB. Cannot or a traditional bank, Fidelity Bank, for instance, cannot do more than they are doing now. This is Fidelity's cap. So we can when you say this is Fidelity's value, it's like you know that this is it. This is all Fidelity. With OPE, there's still so much potential on what OPE can do in terms of capturing like the Nigerian market. So if you are, you are trying to invest in a business that has more room to grow, of course you value OPE at at what's it called? Is it four billion or whatever it is they value them at? And you give them that money. I mean, it's not like they are right now more valuable than every single Nigerian bank. I mean, they're on paper, like or in reality, I won't say they are more valuable, but they they have the potential to be infinitely more valuable than any Nigerian bank if they just execute right. Because there isn't anybody that can say. I mean, I've worked in a traditional bank. I know what the roadmaps are. I, there's when you say what we are going to build next year. It's very it's, there's, the banks are not growing as fast. The room for the room to grow for a bank right now is very small. We are at the peak of your vision. business. I don't even know what this. Vision is yeah, also very yeah. limited. It's not just <laughs> the vision is the vision is very limited. The capacity for what you are going to do is very limited. Your regulators has you by the balls. There's only so much that you can do as a traditional Nigerian bank now. Like there's only so much you can grow. But as far as OP is concerned, God, there's a lot they can do. Like the app is ugly. They don't care for user experience. They don't care for fraud. They don't comply with anything. But God, there's so much potential in that business. So much. So you know they are now more valuable than any Nigerian bank, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in terms of like this valuation thing, this paper valuation, it's not as if it's a yeah, public market. That, it's not today's it's not like, value, no. It's, 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 they are a private company, so 
it's not streets it's the person that's willing to invest that's determining the value when you say valuation it's like when you say okay i'm going i'm listing and this is what i can be then the market will show so, whether i guess if this is what it is you know what i mean it's still very <laughs> it's still very we believe you can be this as far as the unity bank we know you are this there's no we believe you can be this there's this is where your bus stop ends there's nothing a unity bank can do that can that can trump and ope i mean yes you're making money now you're profitable now but if ope wants to kill to turn on the switch and monetize it's a wrap now yeah I mean, they are by far the biggest MMO that there is. They are far, by far the biggest MMO that there is. As at December, I was talking to one of their guys. This guy said, was telling me that they've issued more POS terminals than every single, any single institution in this company. Uh, in the I said company, in this country. Uh, they, they've built their own payment gateway, like a pay stack that they're trying to sell to other people. Uh, I... So if they wanted to bring back all right stuff, they can change Gokada in that delivery business. <laughs> yeah, they are they are actually massive. And this money is it for Nigeria and Egypt? Yeah, so they want to expand to Egypt. Uh, that's their next frontier. Because I, even from that YC thing, a lot of a lot of Egypt Egyptian startups in the thing. So I'm guessing Egypt is like next hot African market. And there's stability this is to some degree. So once they enter, I'm interested to see how they execute. Yeah. I mean, I guess the big four, Nigeria, South Africa, Egypt, Kenya, those are the people really chowing VC money in Africa today. Uh, oh. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting to see how they execute. It's, 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 they're building an exciting business. Um, and I guess we just need to see how things come out. And and maybe this is right. a topic for another. Maybe this is a topic for another episode. But another thing that will be interesting to see is how the regulator inevitably begins to regulate OPE because if they, I mean, as they are now, Seth, they sh- they should already be regulatory eyes on them because they can, like Nosa said, they can become so massive. But it's also interesting to see how that happens. They are at a too big to fail phase of their thing where the regulator can just ban them. So if anything is to parlay, like how they do with GTB and Co, where they'll slap, they'll give them slap on the wrist or like MTN and what's it called and multi-choice where you're not outrightly banning them, but you just do all this protracted, you didn't pay tax give us one billion kind of thing but it's it's never be a situation where they shut them down like a rubies they have passed that level now definitely definitely well i think that's all for this episode um so until the yeah until next time thanks for listening bye bye everyone bye